Hey folks, it's Murray, host of the Community Call podcast. Join us for a rousing episode as we discuss the latest from the Democratic debate. Who won? Did Biden redeem himself? Did Kobachar fall apart? Mayor Pete had a play. Is Bernie the front runner now? Find out tonight at 8 o'clock as we discuss all this and the latest political news happening across America and the world right here on the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for another rousing episode. And i tell you what, uh, uh, what a debate it was on last night. What did we see, folks? Oh, boy. That that was probably the most entertaining uh, debate that I've seen in my years of following politics. We saw a little bit of one-upsmanship going on between the, between all the candidates. Um, we had Mike Bloomberg, who made his debut last night and became an automatic target for Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden kind of came back a little bit for me, guys. I was surprised. With, I was surprised at, at his at his disposition. He looked he looked rehearsed. He he was very fluent um, during the debate last night. Something that something that a lot of Biden supporters were, was wanting from him. Um, um, hats off to all the staffers who who helped the vice president. Um, get his practice in because it sure paid off last night during the debate. Mayor Pete and Amy Kobacher had a nice little throwdown, guys. It was interesting watching those two go back and forth with each other. And uh, Mayor Pete decided to show us that he can remember stuff and, and make great quotes and stuff like that. Interesting, interesting um, um, digression between these individuals who are, who are wanting to be the president of the United States. And I'll tell you one thing, um, um, this debate was more than just entertaining. It was, it, it kind of gave me an idea of who, who is, who is a clear front runner, who is a clear, I want to be the front runner, who is, I might just get out of this thing because I'm not cut out for this. So we had a chance to see all these versions last night during the debate. And hey, folks, we have our panelists of the year on with us. Eshan is joining me tonight. Hey, Eshan, how you doing, sir? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm just fine. Wonderful, wonderful. We was we, we was just kind of we was just kind of discussing some things about the debate last night before we came on air this evening, folks. And I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> you know, we 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 we've always wanted these entertaining moments, Eshan, in in a debate. What 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 was your thoughts about this moment of entertainment for a second? And then we got into the into the heart of the political side. What what, what was your take on it? Uh, this debate was a masterclass thesis in the old statement, money can't buy class, and let's rephrase it, money can't buy talent. For as, All much, right. money as, for as much money as Bloomberg threw around, he came in here thinking, so let's be honest, he had the idea of, he's never, he talked to everyone like, oh, you know I could fire you at any moment. It doesn't work when, no, A, no one works for you, and B, you're just another scrub on the, you're just another person on the um, podium. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, one thing, it, it looked like Bloomberg was uncomfortable for a second there. And I, I, I kind of felt like uh, the placement of Mike Bloomberg at the end of the, of the dossier kind of kind of lended itself to, okay, there's one more person up here on this stage, and he's, he's not welcome, but we're going to welcome him anyway. It kind of felt that way. I know the Bloomberg folks were kind of, Wondering, uh, was this placement a, a strategic a strategic move uh, in efforts to place him down by Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and and uh, not by Joe Biden or not by Mayor Pete or Amy? So he was pretty much in a position where the folks who don't like billionaires and millionaires really, really, really railed on him for a second, Sean. What was you thinking, you know? Uh, Bloomberg didn't have uh, a, a lot of great comebacks to kind of fend off these attacks by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie. So how did you feel about that? He, obviously, he came in expecting that if that he is, as I said, he is the embodiment of everything wrong with billionaires. That insular, oh, yeah. He, it was insular, it, it, I could literally swear in the back of my head I knew exactly what he was thinking coming in. Oh, all my friends tell me these are great ideas, and I'm a genius. I'm gonna walk out without what I've always been said. And my yes men say he's genius, and I'm gonna win. Yeah, and, yeah. And just like that, <laughs> just like every cocky boxer who walks into the ring and doesn't do any practice of training, he ends up on the canvas in five seconds flat. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what comes to mind? Uh, immediately when you think when you think box and you go to Apollo Creed, Rocky, and, and Rocky Bad Boy, and, and that's the first thing that comes to my mind. This guy came in an unknown off the street, and he's knocking around the world heavyweight champion, and uh, it was it, it, the the rivalry ensued after that. And if you look at this situation, this is a great metaphor for the. For the debate, everyone, you saw, you saw all these contenders go after Mike Bloomberg, and what he represents, millionaires and billionaires, as as as, as eloquently as I can say it, as Bernie, he, he can say it so quickly. <laughs> uh, one thing that came from this debate, I thought, Sean, was everybody had their talking points in play, and it seemed to me everybody was well rehearsed. What what are your what's your take on that? Honestly, this is debate number nine. If you don't, at this point, it's not about telling the world who you are. In right. Debates, in the nine debates, someone should know who you are. Um, I'm, again, not looking at you, Bloomberg. That's why you can't just come in, buy your way in, and just expect to get it. Practice takes perfect. At this point, oh, yeah. at this point, at this point of the election, everyone should know who you are. That's why all the, that's why all the people who... Who, who nobody knew who they are, have already left. This is where the real primary begins. This, he, you can't, you can't just say, "Ta-da, here I am." Um, right. Steyer beat him to the punch. Steyer actually did the smart thing and got in earlier. It's not helping him now, but at least he has a, you know, here I am. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, one thing that was interesting about one thing that was interesting to me that Tom Steyer did not qualify for this debate. And I was just wondering what was the, what was the parameters that kept him off the stage? And um, I, I was wanting, I was wanting those folks to tell us why Steyer didn't make the debate stage. Um, I know Nevada is very strict on, 
on on making sure you have enough delegates or you making sure you have enough of of support that would uh give you viability before they would actually put you on uh on this on the debate stage with all the other candidates it's just kind of strange to me i was just wondering what was what was the what was their what was their protocol to, to keep tom steyer off the stage i think he, he contributed a lot the last time in the, the last debate so it's just interesting that that he didn't get an opportunity to speak so what, what what's your take on tom steyer at this moment ishan again look at what bloomberg's been doing have you noticed he's been spending money on the um the Democratic state, uh, he's actually putting money into the Democratic uh, state grassroots thing. Uh, right. He, again, Bloomberg has been spending billions of dollars just to get his name out here, and he thought that's all he needed. That, oh, look, I'm a millionaire, and I can, these rubes won't know. If I just keep telling these rubes what I think, what, they, what I want them to hear, it'll be fine. Right, didn't work right. When, didn't work when your record Record matters. That's what Elizabeth Warren caught you on with those. Um, yeah, she. And you know what, Sean? She was she was hammering it in. She was hammering that thing in on him so bad, and you could just see in Bloomberg's face that he was just ultimately distraught with. Okay, how I'm gonna come back? How I'm gonna come back with this? I wasn't prepared for this here SmackDown. I I, I was ready for some dialogue, but. Not going after me on, not going after me on stop and frisk. Not going after me on economics. Not going after me on 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 um, economic growth and, and and stimulus for the city of New York. But you're going after me on stop and frisk. You're going after me because I'm a, I'm a self-made millionaire and, and it, it, you could tell. As Sanders that, said, uh, not really self-made yeah. when when your workers are the one who the workers are the ones who made you rich. Let's keep that right. Check. Right. He. One thing I will say about this whole this episode uh, uh, that happened with these folks this time around, the gloves was off during this entire during this entire debate. Everybody had the gloves off. Uh, one thing that 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 struck me was uh, the moment where we had an exchange after the question was directed to Mayor Pete. Um, and then there was a follow-up question that came over to Amy Kohlbacher, and, and Mayor Pete kind of stood in and like, "Hey, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna drop this bomb right in her lap and see how she handles handles uh, the pressure." And uh, for a moment there, I thought Amy was was cracking too for a second. Sean, what what are your thoughts on it? Do you think she cracked a little bit too? Honestly, yeah, she was more middle of the pack. I mean, if I had to rank everyone based on like losers, winners. Losers yeah. are definitely going to be the worst loser. I'm actually going to put Pete Buttigieg in the bottom because not only did he not really, I mean, Bloomberg was supposed to, would have been a, would have been easy cheat points to just wail on, and never went for that. But even when he did attack, it seemed less like, you know, he was a poignant, well placed, you know, witty remark, and more of a petulant, scared child, you know, throwing insults back. He right, right. Every time he threw, every time he attacked, he looked weak. I'm not even yeah, sure how you I, 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 I have to admit, I have to admit, Sean, uh, uh, one thing that stuck out in my mind was was doing the exchange between Bernie and Bloomberg. Bloomberg was trying to talk about some of the economic things that he did for the city of New York. 
but immediately Bernie went to um, um, some of the things regarding civil rights, some of the things regarding stop and frisk, the economic situation in New York City with um, black and brown people, and so on and so forth during the course of, of, of the debate. I, 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 was, I wasn't taken aback, but I knew that that was going to be one of their strong points when it came to, the, came to this open discussion. It just seems to me that these folks were, uh, I want to say all around, these folks were prepared to, to some degree, Sean. What are your thoughts? Do you think everybody was prepared for this debate because of what's going on in Nevada, South Carolina here soon, and then then the, then you have Super Tuesday coming up? So I think I think that's why we saw this version of this debate last night. What What are your thoughts on it? It's this is debate nine, Nevada, as you said, debate nine, Nevada, South Carolina, and Super Tuesday. The time mm-hmm. for kick gloves is over. The time for this isn't a boxing match anymore. This is MMA. You don't come in yeah. This isn't about style or grace. It's about getting stuff done. So. Oh, oh of course. Kind of yeah, that, I was. I, I love. I, I, I actually love. I actually love what happened in, this, in these exchanges last night. I was like, hey man, gloves off, folks. You, you could tell these folks are get these folks are putting it down for everybody to make a decision right away who they want to support and and the reason why they want to support and everything like that we got a, we just had our opportunity to see it Sean. i just think that's what it was we had a we had a we had a stellar moment take place right there tonight so that was that was a big that was a big deal uh to me um uh, one thing that kind of one thing that I will uh, and I'm going to borrow this from someone who's very close to me and they said if you had to break down this debate last night um you had the two Elizabeth Warren and Bernie being the progressive party a representative progressive party you had you had Mayor Pete um Kobarker, and Biden represented well. It wasn't Biden. It was it was Biden and and Kobacher representing the moderates, and Mayor Pete being somewhat an outsider in this situation, even though he's considered himself a Democrat. Um, some folks still consider him an outsider because of the status of being a mayor, and I don't think that's that that should be a a means of disqualification uh, to be classified as a moderate or progressive. Um, um, a lot of people may address this as just give this guy a chance um, or whatever. What do you take on this? Uh, do, do you feel that these labels fit? Because um, someone close to me said that these labels kind of match up with the individuals that were on the stage last night. So how do you feel about it, John? The labels are there, but they don't mean squat. Let's let's keep in mind uh, the top two the top two contenders right now are Pete and Sanders, if I'm correct. Uh, right. Everyone else. In, so, so again, his, there's no saying. I mean, personally, labels don't matter no more. The old, the old way of fighting is the old way of polit- politics is dead. Uh, yeah. The, with the new Trump era, labels don't mean squat. It's about. And and if you've also have you noticed um, all during the debate, guess who's been watching the entire time, look, making pot shots at Bloomberg. And every Who? other person he can make his hands on. Of course, Donald Trump. He was making jokes, you know, short jokes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this was interesting. Like I said, this debate was absolutely different from any version that I thought it was going to be like. Uh, one thing that one thing that stuck out in my mind 
um, during the course of the debate with the exchanges between everyone. Um, everyone, when the questions were being posed, um, everybody had somewhat of a, of, of a politically correct answer to the question. Um, you saw you saw Biden come into this into this moment prepared this time, not seeming to be frail, not seeming to be um, inattentive, not seeming to be uh, uh, um, um, focused. I think this time around we saw a different version of the vice president focused, um, well-rehearsed, determined. Uh, we saw that from um, um, Vice President Biden. Now, one thing I can say um, that I that was, was very impressive uh, as a collaborative, you saw these folks come out and 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 try to uh, stick it to the stick it to the sitting president to some degree, and so that unified voice started to creep out just slightly, not not enough to say there's somewhat of a unified moment, but in my mind there was a moment where you thought that everybody was on the same page for a second, and and in the course of this, one other thing that kind of stuck out in my mind too was the actual opening of this debate um, with uh, the Democratic Party President Tom Perez came down and whooped up the crowd and got everybody ready to go. And so um, I think uh, some of the statements that he made during the opening um, uh, prior to the debate was, was key in settling down everybody somewhat and giving us an opportunity to listen to what everyone had to say. Sean, what, what are your thoughts on, on how things kind of, we, we, did we actually see a unified moment between these candidates? I, I see somewhat a little bit of separate. I see a great deal of separation uh, in my mind. I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but there was a great deal of separation going on here for a second. And uh, with that, with that, with that, um, with that uh, moment where where you had an exchange between Bernie. Uh, and 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 Bloomberg for a second, and and then the the exchange between Bernie and Vice President Biden, and so these these dynamics took place a lot last night. What what are your thoughts? Because the last time we had this discussion about Bernie, we all wanted to talk about the health of Bernie Sanders, and then Bernie said, "Why don't you guys come out here on the trail with me, and I'll show you what the health is." And, and I, what a way to, you know, he kind of he kind of sidebarred the question a little bit. So, Sean, talk to me. What what are you thinking? What are you thinking right here at this moment? In a matter of burning himself, it's everyone has that scare, that little scare. But ever since then, he's been. I'm telling you, the dude, if the dude hasn't changed in ages, like he has that grip. Like for being as old as he is, he's a he's tough. But honestly, I'll have to. I'm not a big Biden fan. But yesterday, I will say, I saw glimpses of the old Biden who ripped into yeah. Ron Paul when when yeah. Obama went up against Romney, and I saw him, I saw when he beat Palin and, you know, Ron Paul. I saw flashes of that. It teetered down at the end, but I, I'm going to use the old, I'm going to use a house of cards term. Uh, when, you're, when you're on the chopping block, kill and get some pressure, remember, Biden was the face of the status quo. I think yes. Bloomberg. I think Bloomberg actually came out and took some of that heat because 
it went from Biden being the face of the status quo to the real person running the gears. Let's all jump on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, one thing I will say in in the course of this moment was was seeing Biden Biden turn the corner, and I think the only reason why he did that because. The team actually got and said, okay, Mr. Vice President, you're going to have to round the corner with this here because we had it in South Carolina and after 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 Nevada, South Carolina, then it's Super Tuesday, so we need to see if we can we can round the corner with this thing. Are you ready? And I think he was he was relaxed, he was prepared. Um um the way he walked into the debate, uh, the camera was on him. He had a great smile on his face. He looked very confident to me. Um, he didn't. He didn't give us anything that indicated that. Okay, he's not attentive tonight. He's not here. Uh, his last. His last um, debate performance was way off, and so this one was a great recovery in my mind. I think it was a great recovery. Um, hey, folks, you're listening to the Community Call podcast. I'm on with the panelists of the year, Ishan, and also. I have I have another panelist of the year with me as well, Michael, and we're going to bring Michael here into show in just a moment. But Sean, what are you what are your feelings? Because we, you know, uh, one thing about this this moment uh, I think last night was was we saw the gloves come on with these folks. We saw an effort to not show that we're just up here using talking points. We really want this thing to happen. I really want to be the president of the United States. And so that was impressive to me. What, 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 how do you feel about it? It's, again, as I said, two more states till Super Tuesday. This is, mm-hmm. put up, this is put up or shut up time. And if you're, not, if you're not getting into the point of giving it everything you've got right now, you might have wanted to, you might have wanted to step out in New Hampshire. Because at this point, there is no the kid gloves are coming off. This is what the kid gloves come, are coming off, and you got to be ready to step. You got to be ready to oh, come yeah. out here and give everything you've got if you want, if you're serious about this. Because, and this is the one thing I've been worried about. Because I know Sanders has a hard time in the South. I'm worried about how not after Nevada, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. I'm worried. Well, well you getting in. I'm Well, you keep you getting in. You getting into Super Tuesday um, after after Nevada and South Carolina. Uh, November, uh, March the third, uh, we kick off Super Tuesday, and so you got you got a you you have a chance for some of these candidates to either step away from um, from running for office. We're going to see a shakeout, I think, after after a while here because. Um, I, I think this was Kobacher's last hurrah in my mind. I think it was the last hurrah for her, even though we had that moment between her and Mayor Pete. Um, I actually think Mayor Pete may have had his last hurrah as well. Um, um, we'll see what these folks are thinking in Nevada and South Carolina here very soon. Um, um, I know Mayor Pete is trying to make some inroads uh into the African American community. Um also um Amy Kobacher uh after the la- after her last um debate performance, she was really um um on the upswing. So I want I, I just would love to know 
what 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 was one of those things that may have pushed her over the top from the last debate that where she kind of struggled in this debate. I think she got she was off her game a little bit because Mayor Pete was coming directly to her, and he was quoting the facts. He was quoting he was just giving her giving her the business, as 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 I can use in sling terms, as most folks would probably say. He was giving her the business, and she was off she was off her off the beaten path for a second there. Uh, so Sean, what do you think? You think you think that exchange between Mayor Pete and her were 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 was off the beaten path to some degree? Honestly. Pete is going after her because she's his closest threat. And, right. And, but the big thing is the person he should be going after is, again, playing devil's advocate. I kind of – what the thing that I'm always keeping in the back of my mind is it's six moderate, moderate-level, moderate-like candidates to two progressives. And if you were to take all those people – say, for example – Four of those four moderates drop out, they're more likely they're going to pull around the other moderates. Right, right. I, I, this is the so, thing. I like what you're saying, but this is the thing with me when it comes to this. And, and I'm just one thing that I'm one thing that I I I, would, I love to say to folks sometimes is when when we at this moment where it's time to make a decision, most folks kind of already made one, Sean. I just think that we we kind of seen last night as a display of who's got the courage to go forward with this thing, and who's going to have who's going to who's going to carry the delegates um, when it when after Super Tuesday we'll know when this thing shake out because all six of them are not going to go forward. I mean, it's only going to be one person that goes forward after this, and we'll know for sure who it is after Super Tuesday. Um, I, I I really believe that we're going to get um, um, someone who who's going to do this, who's going to do this, and it's going to surprise me. Attack on Mr. Bloomberg in this matter. Oh, yeah. I know mm-hmm. that there are still issues um, surrounding him, and when he was mayor here in New York City, I would mm-hmm. dare suggest that if anyone is to be highly influential in a potential, and I stress the word potential, Bloomberg versus Trump. It would be us New Yorkers since we have endured them both before each of them went into the national political spotlight. And and I would dare say that there are plenty of New Yorkers who still have may still have um, unresolved issues regarding Bloomberg, even if he apologized for the stop and frisk, there's still other, um, you know, certain issues that were brought up even at the debate that he's going to have to deal with, but he would probably be seen as reconcilable and you could reach a reconciliation with him, but with Trump, you know, Trump has not once apologize, nor recognize or been held accountable or taken responsibility for the heinous rhetoric that he has issued towards blacks, towards Latinos, towards Mexicans, towards Muslims, degrading every single minority group as rapists, as terrorists, as criminals, 
he even has not even apologized to the Central Park Five for calling for their execution and then further doubled down on that call for execution once they were ex- fully exonerated with the lame excuse saying that, well, at least we, if we had executed them, we would keep them from even thinking of committing a crime. You know, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the slander, it's the hate-mongering and violent-mongering uh, um, accompanied by the absolute falsehoods and, you know, putting targets on people's backs. You can never, ever um, excuse that. And he has not once apologized for that. And I give it up for um, former Mayor Michael Bloomberg for calling Trump out. I will also say, since I mentioned all these things, um, that that Mr. Trump should have never, ever opened his mouth regarding um, racial profiling and uh, stopping prison, calling Bloomberg racist when he needs to look in the mirror himself. And he has pretty much done twice or three times worse than Mr. Mm -hmm. Bloomberg. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, well, Michael, what, what was your um, what was your take on what the exchange between Mayor Pete and Amy Kobacher? What what are your thoughts on that? Because what an exchange these two folks had. Um, Mayor Pete was able to some uh, seemingly um, um, get Senator Kobacher off her game um, somewhat last night, and you, you could see her stumbling somewhat. So, what, what's your take on that? Because it, it, this was some it was a very a very intensive dynamic for just a moment. What, so what are your thoughts? Um, if I had to come up with one single word to describe it, it's desperation. Because as you had, as you and Isha have pointed out, that um, it looks like we're seeing somewhat of a seesaw or a tag your itch, so to speak, in which um, you have one particular contender that finds himself at the top of the game at um at um help me well Sean what are your thoughts is Michael step away for a second there hey folks we are live so sometimes we do get the calls so Sean what are your thoughts uh, honestly, I can't. I'm, I'm, part of me is curious about how this is going to play out for Nevada. Again, um, these debates were more or less. I mean, who's this going to help? Who's this going to hurt? If I had to say anything, I think this might um, give Warren at least a surge. If I'm, if I want to, if I were to make picks, um, I would say. He's gonna actually might drop in this. He might drop in the Nevada debates because of this, because he looks. I mean, again, because he looks weak. Uh, Bloomberg, I don't know. Bloomberg, I'm not even sure if he should even be. If if he could drop out because of embarrassment, I think he should. But honestly, two uh, people, I'm, two people, I might expect to keep an eye on for who might rise up in the um, debates or in Nevada. Keep an eye on War, um, Warren. Keep an eye on Biden. But honestly, I think Sanders is going to win it off because 
he did, he did perform well in that area in 2016, and he has a very strong holding there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I I, I think I think we had we had our shakeout moment last night amongst these six candidates. I, I really believe. Um, I don't know who's going to be. A, I don't know. If there's going to be another scheduled debate after this. Um, 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 I'm looking into finding out is there going to be another one. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the case or not. But uh, amongst everything that uh, everything that had taken place um, from 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 the from this debate, I don't know if there's going to be another one where Tom Steyer, who was not permitted to be a part of this debate, um, where he can participate the next time around, so we can hear some of the things that he has to say. Um, um, I'm talking about Tom Steyer just a little bit because of the numbers that refl- that are reflective here in South Carolina about Tom Steyer, some of the inroads that he's made with the African-American um, folks here in South Carolina. But also you have to remember there's a heavy contingent of African-American voters who are supporting Joe Biden. And so you have these two men, Tom Steyer and Joe Biden, competing for the African American vote in South Carolina and so we'll see what happens next. Um, I think I think yeah, Michael, go ahead with your comment. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. My apologies, technical difficulty on my end. That's um, okay, sir. And um in response to your earlier question, I was um regarding Klobuchar, um Amy Klobuchar and um Budichek. Um I don't think anyone saw that coming, not even um, Klobuchar. And, you know, I'm very concerned about our contenders. That's why I use the word desperation, that um, they want to try to get back to the top of the ticket. It's like one minute they're up at the top, another moment they're sinking, and they may engage into um, desperation to try to get back to the top. I can understand if one wants to vet the other, you know, it's, it's vetting amongst each other. But I would hope that none of our Democratic contenders views one another as the enemy because they, you folks should not be looking at yourselves as the enemy. You all have a common, de- common denominator as to who that enemy is, and that is the current GOP person that is plaguing the White House that's going to need plenty of disinfectant and spick and span um, once you finally get him out of office. I'm just going back yep. to what um, Kirsten Gillibrand said um, when she was running about what's the first thing she would do with the, with the White House. So, you know, folks, please be careful on, um, you know, with the uh, – attacks towards one another. I'm talking about the Democratic candidates that might happen to be listening to us. You know, you but Michael but, but Michael, these folks are continuing mm-hmm. these folks are continuing to be president of the United States. I kinda of felt like all this friendliness was going to end at some point. And with well, two, I know. Super Tuesday with Super Tuesday approaching, I was I, I, I kinda expected the gloves to come off last night and they did. It, one thing that was surprising yeah. to me was was this dynamic that took place with Bloomberg and Warren and Sanders and Biden, all three, actually, you know, you, 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 as uh, Sean alluded earlier, you, you bought your way into this 
and then now you into the you you had to take what you bought into, and so that then that dynamic sure um, reverberated across the country when when Bloomberg inserted himself into this debate. Um, um, I'm I'm like everybody else. He purchased a ticket for this debate, and that gave him the opportunity to speak. But when he spoke, he misspoke a lot of things, even though his record says otherwise. Um, one thing that kind of deterred from him was a simple fact that he gave a speech at a George Bush re-election um, campaign rally, and so that says a whole lot about Bloomberg at this moment. Now, one thing that I think may happen here, speaking from my perspective here in South Carolina, um, what may take place in, 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 in a couple of days here with the voting in South Carolina, we'll see what the African-American community has to say in regards to Tom Steyer uh, and um, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and the rest of the uh, and the rest of these folks who are running uh, for president, I think a lot of African American voters are going to do Biden. It, it may be somewhat split because some folks are starting to support Steyer, Tom Steyer as well. So we'll see how this thing shakes out. Um, I want to. Oh bring yeah. This, uh, we have a, we have another person that well, that's that's joining us tonight. I'm going to see if this individual takes place politically across the country. Um, the, the president has has took out of his pen, is exonerating folks, commuting sentences. Uh, Sean, what's your thoughts on things? Uh, he commuted the sentence of 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 of. Um, I can't think of his name now. It, 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 uh, of the, the Roger Stone. Yep. Yeah, Roger Stone, and he also commuted another sentence for for um, uh, a form uh, a former apprentice participant. Robert Gorgeous. Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Robert Gorgeous. Uh, and and guys, what are your thoughts on on what happened? I mean, for lack of a better word, he's just. As I said, um, he runs things under my boss, and what do what do you do if you um, remain loyal to the boss? You get rewards. Right. So for, right. So for those who chose imprisonment over doing the right thing, they're getting their rewards for that. Yeah, well, I think so too. I agree. I agree. Uh, one thing that sticks out in my mind is in this moment, uh, watching what the president is doing, um, it just reminds me of of abuse of power. And 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 we had the House members and and everyone talk about the president's abuse of power, and uh, you can see this clearly that there is abuse of power by by the way he's doing things with his pen right now and with his thumb because he's tweeting everything that he's he's speaking in his he's, he's just tweeting out what he's going to do next, and so um 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 the DOJ has his hands full at this moment. Mike, what are your thoughts? Because I know New Yorkers are having are having a field day with this moment at at, at this time. What do you what are you thinking? What are other folks are thinking at this moment in New York City? A lot of heads are shaking and spinning on this. And you know, in, you know I can imagine like it. It also sends a very very long message. And Eshawn just hit the nail on the head about following what the mob boss says. However evil it is, you'll get rewarded. Excuse me, folks. Um, back where I came from, you know, I'm sure Murray will um, contend to it and Eshawn will contend to it as well, that we were growing up, we were always taught you do good deeds 
and you are rewarded. If you do bad, then you are penalized. So exactly. what we see here is that here is Trump rewarding and doing favors for people who have committed most heinous crimes, white-collar crimes, if you want to call it, but that, you know, a crime is a crime, for doggone sakes, especially when it comes to um, intimidating witnesses and trying to keep them from speaking the truth, um, telling people to ignore subpoenas or else, um, try and block or obstruct investigations, that's a crime in itself. And you're rewarding people for that. But then when people take a stand for the truth and justice and they turn around and they do good and they tell the truth, now they are penalized, now they are being harassed, now they're being targeted. Yes. I mean this is not the way this is not the way America goes and this is certainly not the way the Christian morals and family values goes just in just in case, and I know they're going to do this, they want to play the Christian card once again because Trump has already uttered the word Christian. He already uttered the word constitutional. He doesn't know a doggone thing about, and he's just throwing in his 100% BS into the definition of the Constitution and Christianity, which is neither um, nine of them are factual, right? And this is the thing. This is the, this is the thing with me, and I, I I I appreciate what you're saying because I, I agree. I agree. One thing about what we are seeing, folks, is we are seeing a president who's who's taken his office, and it has turned it on its head, so to speak, and continuing to uh, uh, unravel the way the DOJ operates, and that that and and and. Also, he's calling himself the chief in law, chief in law enforcement officer, and that's almost it, it, it's scary to hear a president say these things. Um, I don't know anybody who may be listening to this episode of the show. Um, I I ter- I am terribly afraid for a man to consider himself the chief in law enforcement officer of this country. And without any any due recourse at all. Before you make a comment, Michael, I want to bring Sean in here. Sean, what are your thoughts about the president and his, I'm the chief law enforcement officer of America? Honestly, um, actually, I'm going to have to make this my last one because um, I'm actually at the head back to work. Okay, okay, okay. I'll make this my last key point, though. Um, what What Trump is doing, though, really makes you wonder how much power has the um, executive branch been slowly consolidating over all this time. Right. If Trump, it make, it, again, this, Trump has done one thing is shown how much power the um, executive branch actually has. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, it was okay when it was okay when there are people who had a sense of showmanship about themselves or had a certain rule style about them, but there's a reason why the checks and balances were put in place. It was because to balance off people like Trump, and as people slow, as he's been slowly eroding those checks and balances for gains on both sides, now we have someone who doesn't have those formalities, those kind, you know, that 
that mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. right, you end up with it kind of shows you how far things have fallen. And with that, I will leave you guys for the night. Um, au revoir. All right. All right, Sean. Thanks for joining the show tonight. Hey, folks, we want to thank Sean for coming in and be a part of the show tonight as we as we uh, get ready to uh, step away from, from the episode here. Uh, one thing I will say uh, as we as we get ready to leave tonight, uh, uh, we have to continue our efforts um, to continue to um, provoke and ask folks to continue to listen to some of this rhetoric that's coming out from the White House right now. Be mindful of those things. Michael loves to tell everyone to be on guard. Listen to what's going on. Don't take things for mm-hmm. what it is. Investigate, investigate. My thing is, yes, we need to we need to have we need to have these moments come to the forefront. It's important that we do. Um, one thing I will say. One thing I will say. Um, as 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 uh, as we continue to um, move into Super Tuesday, let's watch together. Let's learn together. Let's and let's move our voices um, into an, into a unifying moment. That's the thing that needs to happen. Uh, one thing that I think will happen, we're going to hear from the former president at some point, and he's going to have that speech where it's a unifying speech. That's the speech that we all going to be waiting for, Michael, and it's going to happen. Yeah. What are your thoughts as we get ready to go tonight? What are your thoughts? Well, just to answer your question a moment ago, when you said that a scary time, Let's, if you allow me to remind everybody, when it was Charlottesville that went down, what does Trump do? He refers to the nationalists and the races and David Dukes as very fine people. You, yes. Nobody in their right mind would even consider that to be so fine, not even close to it, but he refers to them right. as very fine people. Mr. Trump also on record telling police officers across the nation, don't be so nice and cordial to people you encounter or confront. Go ahead and rough them up a bit, slam their heads on the top of the um, police cruisers, show them who's boss, inciting police um, violence and police brutality. And, yes. um, and he's also on records, as I mentioned earlier, calling for the execution of the Central Park Five when he falsely accused them of um, attacking the Central Park jogger in which the allegations initially came up by a rogue prosecutor and a rogue police officer, both of them racist. He joined in on that and then opened up several ads and and newspaper editorials calling for their execution, and then when they were finally exonerated, he doubled down on that, saying they're going to think about committing crimes, so we got to execute them anyway. He is so dead wrong on all of this. We can keep on making a list of this, but then what he's doing now in terms of springing the most notorious criminals that with a snap of a finger could turn, um, I hate to say it, create a fatality towards one of the descendants, one of the critics, and make it look like mm-hmm. an accident, that is right. very serious stuff. And nothing fake news about that, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's why I keep your eyes and ears open and resist, resist against this organized crime of terror. Awesome. Hey folks, you've been listening to the you've been listening to the community call podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're here on with Michael. And I tell you what, Michael, one of the things I will say is that we continue to um, educate our audience about about the political ills that are taking place here in America right now uh, with the Trump administration. As every what is being demonstrated, everyone, is what this president is going to do while he is in office. And that is no, there are no checks and balances when it comes to Donald Trump. And so now yes. is the time for us to come together and coalesce and become one voice and unelect Donald Trump from the office of the President of the United States. Hey, folks, just what are we going to do? Fact, I'm sorry, just yes. stress the fact that he's even defiant of the judiciary. And you know the courts usually have the final say of any kind of legal disputes, and he thinks he's going to put himself above all that. It's another red flag. Awesome. Uh, it, it, it is truly is, Michael. It truly is. Hey, folks, as we get ready to go, we wanted to let you know you can find us on 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 Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and, and Radio Republic, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, after some editing, we will we'll have this podcast out for everyone to check out. Um, um, we also want to let you know that we are – we routinely try to – invite different folks to come on to the show and be guests and, and let your political acclimate come forward. Uh, we're going to continue to do that as well. You also can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on, you can find us on Cashbox. We are on all these uh, different uh, uh, podcast platforms. And please, please, everyone, share this podcast with everyone that you come in contact with as we move into the Super Tuesday date, March the 3rd is Super Tuesday after South Car- after the South Carolina primary and the Nevada primary as well. And we'll come back and we'll talk about what's going to happen with the results from Nevada and South Carolina. Will Tom Steyer, will Tom Steyer take away some of that support that Joe Biden has in South Carolina? Will Bernie continue to, uh, continue to increase his um, um, numbers? and become the the bona fide front runner for the Democratic Party. We will see after the South Carolina primary and the Nevada primary. So tune back in to the Community Call podcast and join myself and Michael and Ishan and all the special guests that stop by the Community Call podcast right here each and every Thursday night and Wednesday night. It depends on when you have an opportunity, everyone. You can always catch this episode um, after after we do some heavy editing. So whatever you do, stay together, stay in love. Peace.